the blast from our past network. Nico Toscani, he's a covert agent trained to survive in Vietnam. He has a master six degree black belt in Aikido. And family in the Mafia. He's a cop. Stop the cop! With an attitude. Do you know why I love you? You don't live the way other people live. You're officially suspended this time. Feds come in, the doors close, nobody hears, smells, or sees anything. One man. You just made number four on the most wanted list. One obsession. I want to be number one. One rule. You guys think you're above the law. You ain't above mine. Above the law. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we are covering our very first Steven Seagal movie. It is his first movie. It is Above the Law. Dean, welcome. Come on in here. I'm in. I'm in here. Join hey, the I party. Decided to, I, I, I did join the party, Tim. You know why? Because I decided to do something I haven't done in a while, and that's uh, while you do the intro, I take a huge gulp of beer, and uh, that, that helps. I'm ready to go right away after that. Okay. For a second, it looked like you were, you were suffering there. I thought I might have to ask if you were doing okay. I don't know. It might have been too big of a sip, Dean. Yeah, I had to really force it down. It was it's a high percentage one. I had to really gulp it down, but uh I feel great now. You're you're doing good. You're you're good. If you did that, you're good. good. I had I had my uh usual whiskey beforehand. Classic. Yeah, if anybody's wondering what um talking back tastes like, yes. It's um Buffalo Trace whiskey. That's our flavor. Yeah. And a little bit too much. Like when you think <laughs> yeah, you poured right. like when you think you poured a shot and that's like a good shot, when you think of that, put like a little bit more than that. There's just a little bit too much in your mouth. I don't do that very often, but definitely when we recorded Batman Ninja, I had had too much. Yeah. I definitely had <laughs> right, too right. much <laughs> by, <laughs> by a lot. Too big of a pour. <laughs> you, uh, listeners might not notice, but I was, uh, I was having um, a tough time and an awesome time. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, though. It's fine. Yeah. And if you don't drink, that's fine. That's totally fine. There's no uh, oh, yeah. no judgment cast. That's all good. Dean and I just happen to enjoy, you know, having a cocktail or three during our episodes. Yeah, especially during podcast time. Yeah, yeah. It can't be avoided. That's uh, that's what this show is about. It's what it's about. Yeah. Um, uh, that went off the rails really quick. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, no, that's okay. Um, I wanted to ask you if you have any history with this movie. Uh, this movie? No, I do not. Um, the only history I have with Steven Seagal is that I wanted to rent a movie at a hotel, you know, when they, you know, when it's 35 bucks to rent a movie or whatever, and they got five movies to choose from. I wanted to rent a movie at a hotel, and I wanted to rent... Um, this movie, I, I actually, I believe, I believe I was with people at a hotel, like maybe a baseball team, and they were going to rent this movie, and uh, not this movie, but they were going to rent a Steven Seagal movie, and I can't remember what it was, um, but they were going to rent a Steven Seagal movie, and I was not allowed to go to that viewing party, so I was sad. So that's the only history I have with Steven Seagal. I, I had never seen a Steven Seagal movie. Okay, so they had the viewing party without you? Oh yeah, for sure. I had a different friend who also wasn't allowed to uh, watch the viewing party in my room and we watched like mighty ducks yeah so exactly <laughs> we watched some pg movie that we were allowed to rent yeah. so we watched something else it wasn't mighty ducks but we watched something else while everyone else got to watch steven seagal 
um, whatever the movie was. You watched Obeying the Law. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, Everybody Do As You're Told, Obey the Law. <laughs> the Ernest movie, the lesser known Ernest movie, Obeying the Law. <laughs> Ernest Obeys the Law, it was called. There it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> hey, I'd watch that movie. I love Ernest. It was movies. a classic. Those are great. Yeah, well, Ernest when, is a goofball. When are, we, when are we going to do an Ernest movie? Hey, man, I'm always down. I feel like Ernest was tailor-made for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just where where to begin, though? There's so many. Where to begin? Yeah. For me, it would be Scared Stupid. That's my okay. that's my, my first Ernest goes, go-to is Scared Stupid. Scared Stupid. My first was yeah. uh, going to camp. Ernest goes yeah, to camp. Yeah, camp is a good one, too. Jail. Yeah, that would be a I solid think jail's one. my yeah. favorite when he goes to jail. Jail's good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, doesn't he have a Christmas? He, he has saves Christmas, Christmas one year, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he saves it. Yeah. Man, we got to check into this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you, could, you couldn't watch it in the hotel. That's cool. Um, yeah. For me, there's basically two types of employees at uh, the rental store the, that we would rent videos from. There were the yeah. type who cared how old you were and the type that didn't care how old you were. So uh, if you went on the right day at the right time, you could find the right person and you, yeah. could, you could rent a movie like Above the Law when you were only 12 years old. So cool. that, uh, that worked out well for me. You know what? Sometimes I'd walk into the movie store and see who's working and then walk out. I'm like, I can't rent yeah, anything makes cool. Sense. So yeah. I'll come back later. It's not what I'm here for today. Yeah. I'm not here for Ernest today yeah Ernest obeys the law yeah maybe another time but yeah yeah, i don't know i i wasn't really a big fan of seagal movies you know when i was younger because they were a bit too aggressive for me you yeah. know like i can see that yeah when under siege came out i was kind of at the right age for that movie and that movie okay. really hit with me i haven't seen it in a while so i don't know if it's maybe less violent than some of these early ones or if I just saw it, you know, at the right time and it worked better, but yeah, I don't know. It, uh, I, you know, wasn't as interested as, you know, these early Seagal movies as I was with perhaps a Van Damme and yeah, like not just that the violence is, is more excessive. I don't even know if it's more excessive, but they're trying to tell like a way bigger story. Um, yeah, it's like, not it a, would be harder to follow, I think. Yeah, it's because it's yeah. not a great story. It's a big story, it, yeah. but it's not a great story. But I didn't yeah. mind it too much. Like I kind yeah. of, it it gave the movie um, like a a unique feel compared to maybe a Van Damme or uh, another like Arnold movie you'd rent at the time. So it was definitely a flavor. I just think as like a, a young kid, it was not you know my favorite flavor. Yeah, well, I and and to talk about the violence, I think like he is Seagal is much more powerful. Like uh, just like w- what they're showing you in the movie, he will like hit a guy in the face, and their like face will explode. Like not actually explode, but like their nose will just break, and there'll be blood all over their face just from one punch. So that was shocking to me to see. Whereas like yeah, it, stuff I would have liked when I was twelve and thirteen is you know more of uh, you know Jackie Chan or something like that. You know, there's not a lot of faces exploding in Jackie Chan movies where this guy hits you once in the face and you're done. So yeah, I can, I can see how maybe the violence is a bit more excessive plus like pair it together with the more uh, adult plots and like very, I mean, they're, I feel like they're very convoluted. There's lots of stuff going on. Everything's everybody's involved, you know, hard, a little bit harder to follow definitely for a kid. Um, So we're, so we're covering this Tim because you really liked this one when you were young or you didn't. Um, no, we're covering this because I just wanted to get into a Steven Seagal movie. I, f- I felt like it okay. was time. So, uh, we okay. just, we're starting yeah. at the beginning with the, with his movies, but makes sense. Uh, I, you like later ones, maybe more. I don't you were older when you, saw I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Okay. This yeah. is, this you is... want to figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to get on the Steven Seagal journey and figure out how you feel about the guy. <laughs> I want to, I want to dig into a uh, study here and figure out yeah. where it went off the rails for him. Because he's okay. he's a big joke. He's the butt yeah. of everybody's joke now. And yeah. that's not because of this movie. Because okay. what I see out of Steven Seagal in this movie 
is like a bona fide superstar. Hmm. That's what I'm getting from him. I'm getting getting someone who could have had a long career in action okay. movies. Somewhere along the way, the tables turn. And it might have been, I don't know, it might have been due to like him as a person. Uh, it might have gone off the rails yeah. with him, not his movies. But I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was time. I have seen yeah. like all of the early ones. I, I don't think I made it past maybe his fourth or fifth movie. Uh, but, you know, I'm not saying we're going to do this guy's entire library. But I thought it was time yeah. to get Steven Seagal onto Talking Back and uh, see what his movies are all about. So I enjoyed yeah. this movie. I had a I had a good time with this movie. Okay. I didn't. I would say this is where Steven Seagal is off the rails for me. I don't I don't really like him too much. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like him too much. I feel like he's trying to be very, very cool and that erases any of the cool points I would give him in the movie. It's just every time I feel like he's trying to be very cool. But it was just, yeah, it was just my viewing experience. Um, I'm very happy to uh, dig into Steven Seagal because because I had no history. So I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's see, let's see these movies. Uh, I wasn't sold on this one. So he's not an actor. He had zero yeah. acting experience and he walked into a leading role in a movie. And yeah. I would say he did fucking great for that. Like, yeah. picture yeah. you or me walking into the leading role of an action movie. How do you think that would look? Yeah, I know, but like... Not as good as this. No, definitely not. But he's just trying to be so cool. Like, I I still think it's not good. Like, I, I, like, I like the story. I like the story behind it. But as soon as the movie, like, kicks off, I'm just like, this guy wrote this shit. Like, he thinks he's so cool. He's, like, writing himself as just, like, the most competent person and everyone else is a piece of shit in the movie. Like, everyone sucks in the movie except for him. And I just, it, it felt weird. Like, isn't he the producer on the movie or something? Like, didn't he have a hand in the movie? Uh, he helped write it. Yeah, so that that's it. I, I, I could just I could just tell that he was writing himself to be the best. And it just, it, he came off very dorky to me, actually. Uh, how's that any different than a Van Damme movie where he's written to be, like, the, the best guy and everybody else is written to be shitty? Well, yeah, like, but Van Damme somehow is just like fun because it's kind of dumb. This to me was like, he really thought he was the freaking coolest guy ever. What if uh, Seagal could do the splits? That, that would definitely help. <laughs> it would definitely, it would definitely help. Okay. Well, I'm surprised to hear but you, you know say what I mean? that. Where the, I, where, the, where the Van Damme movies are so goofy that it's just like, you kind of, yeah, I drop I kind of my guard because they're so goofy. This one, it's like, he's telling me he's the greatest. So I need to, really check in with that and i never found myself passing that and being like oh yeah he is the greatest he is the greatest how many okay. guys did he oh, i'm kill, glad it worked. how many guys did he kill in this movie <laughs> oh a lot he's the greatest <laughs> he above the law in this one he's the greatest <laughs> yeah. oh i'm very inter i'm very um uh surprised to hear you say that because i thought yeah, yeah i actually thought he did a good job in a movie that's not all that great i thought he was actually pretty damn good yeah yeah but uh okay synopsis a former special operations Vietnam vet works as a Chicago cop and uncovers CIA wrongdoing. I like it. Yep, it's good. It's concise. It, it's a good synopsis. No, no lies. It's not riddled with no. lies, which now we seems to be lies. an important thing. Is that are they riddled yeah. with lies? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad synopsis if it has lies in it. Released in 1988 with a budget of 7.5 million, the film goes on to gross 19 million, uh, and it probably did like that exact same number in VHS sales. So nice, yeah. Probably did fine. That's good. Yep. Directed by Andrew Davis, and this guy was working on The Running Man, but was fired during pre-production, so he moved on to make Above the Law. And okay. he also did Under Siege. He did The Fugitive. He did Collateral Damage. And he did uh, the movie Holes. Are you familiar okay. with Holes? I know Holes. I'm I'm just learning about Holes, like, recently, within the past couple months. Oh, okay. Like, like a, I don't... It's a I, huge kids movie. Kids love Holes. Yeah. I don't kids get love it. Holes. I, it had passed me. Like, I wasn't a kid who saw Holes. Yeah. I think I was too old. Um, so I actually have not seen it, but I know about holes because kids love holes. I've seen a good chunk of it. It's terrible. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, 
I don't even understand why kids like it, but kids love it right. for some reason. Yeah. Great. Wow. Yeah. Check it out. Is Shia LaBeouf in that? Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Good call. Yeah. <laughs> now it was written by the director Andrew Davis and Steven Seagal, as we mentioned. Music by David Michael Frank. And he's done Showdown in Little Tokyo, Suburban Commando, Best of the Best 2, a couple of other uh, Seagal movies, Hard to Kill and Out for Justice. So that's kind of your B-level, you know, B-level yeah. movies. The music was a really weird vibe in this movie. Oh, yeah. I couldn't really decide if it was really working or not working at all. And it might be hard to comprehend, but I feel like at the same time, the music was terrible, but somehow fit really nicely with the movie. So like, that's why I say, I don't know if it was good or bad. I think I, I think I liked what it was doing for the movie, but there's no way you're going to throw the headphones on and just listen to this score. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I also thought it was not very good um, until like, maybe 50 minutes into the movie then i'm like happy when it kicks in so it is like sort of fitting what the movie's doing because yeah. like a, a, when, further along into the movie the further i get the happier i am when it kicks in you know so maybe i'm i've just accepted you know what the zone is we're in and then i'm like oh yeah i like this now this is fitting with what i'm watching um but at the beginning i was like this is so strange like this is kind of weird it's setting it's, it's exactly what you said it's setting a weird tone it's like a weird vibe that i wasn't expecting and then once we're deeper in the movie i'm like oh yeah good okay bring the, the music back <laughs> i'm ready back. for it yeah he's <laughs> yeah, driving he's driving in his car at night with the street lights yeah. passing by like, like bring in the score we need it we need the score. Yeah. Where's that sax or uh, electric guitar? Where are those things? Bring them in. As awful as it was, it, it was really soothing at times. Now, Steven Seagal, if you don't know who that is, he um, was a very accomplished Aikido master. And one of his students saw something in him and got him this movie deal. Now, the film not only put Seagal on the map, it also put Aikido on the map. Because Seagal had an Aikido dojo in L.A. that was struggling. Um, but after the movie came out, all his classes were selling out. So That makes sense. Kind of neat that uh, this was sort of like the big kickoff for Aikido. Yeah, that is that is awesome because there is some like really cool fucking moves in this movie um, that I could see like people getting pumped about and wanting to go, you know, learn. I mean, yeah, if you saw this movie, you'd probably want to learn Aikido because yeah, like he's destroying people in this movie. He's breaking their faces, exploding oh, their faces with one goodness. hit. He's so it's violent. A lot of power. He's so violent yeah. in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Aikido is typically that violent. I think he brings a lot of violence to it, and that's what okay. helps push it over the edge for this movie. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, which is interesting, and and yeah, why I think it did work, and people were getting excited yeah. about it. Yeah. So we start off the movie with some early pictures of Seagal growing up. And those were real pictures of Seagal growing up. I always like when they do that. Yeah. Uh, he starts narrating about how he went to Japan at 17 to train with the masters, which actually tracks with his real life. Very similar. Yeah. We see him teaching at his dojo and he kicks the shit out of one of his students. Dude. He really does. He's hitting this guy so hard. Like, I couldn't believe it. It's a very shocking opening. This is apparently one of the, th the things that Seagal is known for, and that was hurting stunt workers. 
It makes sense. Because I, I, pr- I promise you, he like destroyed the lives of three or four stunt workers in this movie. Yeah, it was very shocking right away. He's like clotheslining the shit out of guys half his size. Like these guys are tiny and he's like huge. He's so big. Like not only is he like have muscles and is strong, he's so tall. And he's just kicking the shit out of everyone. I was definitely like, oh, okay, this is like a powerful thing. He's very powerful. Just the way he's like ragdolling people with like a clothesline. It was, it's very shocking. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, when I used to wrestle with you. I would, exactly. that's how I would treat yeah. you. Yeah, you just ragdoll me around. I, I was on the receiving end, so I didn't really know what it looked like, but it definitely, it I looked, know what it feels like, Tim. I know what it yeah. feels like. It looks very similar. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I don't doubt it. We had so, we had a big age gap when we were fighting, and uh, you were you were definitely through puberty, and I was not. <laughs> I think I let you hold on to pillows that was cushioning, so. Yeah, I was, thanks. I was being nice. Thanks. Uh, I think it was your idea, though. It was always your idea. It was always my idea, yeah. But then you, after you had explained to me what the outcome could possibly be, and I would accept the challenge, <laughs> then you just let me have it. You, no holding back after that. You explain the rules. It's fair. It's all fair. I'm just being a good big big brother, okay? Yeah, yeah. That's what we do. I think I only like told on you one time. Like after we did that, after we agreed to fight, I think I went and told on you one time after that because you hurt me. How dare you? I know. I remember you being like, it was part of the agreement, and I was just crying. Was that the time I knocked your tooth out? No, that time it was all fair. It's all fair in fighting there. We agreed. We agreed to box. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you got the best of me one time. I picked you up over my head and lost my balance, and I fell down onto the fireplace (laughs) with you landing on top of me. So that was your your big day. Raised my hands and cheered. (laughs) You pinned me for the three count, and then, yeah. Yes. Yes. I don't think I got up for a while. stumbled my way into the victory there <laughs> yeah i got to feel what it felt like yeah it's not good tim no it wasn't great it's okay though so in the movie we head to vietnam where we see seagal meet cia agent kurt zagon who ends up being the villain in the movie and who's already doing villainous shit here by torturing hostages and asking where his opium is yeah bad stuff you know this guy's gonna be the villain he's so bad right off the bat also his face is insane yeah he's definitely like <laughs> been the bad guy in several movies he's yes, just got that yes. look he's got that his skin is so tight on his face <laughs> there's there's no other role for this guy other than villain no main villain <laughs> yes his face is insane yeah Segal tries to speak up about what this guy's doing but zagon won't have any of it. They get into a fight, and Seagal takes off. Then we meet Seagal's wife back in America years later, played by Sharon Stone. Love seeing Sharon yep. Stone. Love her. We see that their baby's being baptized. Now, this scene made me very anxious for the family. It felt like they were setting up that something was going to happen to the family. Uh, that didn't end up panning out, but... As I was watching this, I was like, oh, shit, someone's going to someone's going to get killed here. A baby's going to get blown up. Well, yeah, because I, 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 Tim, I felt this exact same way. I feel like that's maybe what they were framing because two guys sneak into the church and they sneak into like these pews in the back and they're actually friends. Like then they clap at the end. And so I thought those two that snuck in were going to like cause some shit. But they are actually and I feel like maybe they might have been setting that up for us, like because I don't think we knew that they were sneaking in and were sneaking in because they were like friends. We thought maybe they were bad. Um, yeah, but they ended up being friends. Everything was great. It all worked out. Then we meet Pam Greer, who's playing Seagal's partner. She was very good in this movie. Or did you not think she so, rules? Dean? Oh, I thought so. I, I love Pam Greer. I thought she was awesome. Um, the Yeah, the closest person in the movie who has like a character and is competent um, is definitely her. Yeah, she was very, very good. Yeah. Then Seagal goes into a bar looking for a teenage girl. I think it's one of his relatives, like a niece or something. I think so, yeah. It wasn't too clear in the movie, but uh, he goes into that bar, and these guys in the bar are not the type of guys who want to be helpful. That's what no, we, they are we not. learn very quickly. So I think Michael Rooker is one of them at the bar, and so it's like all those types of guys. Michael Rooker is there. This is also the first acting credit for John C. Riley, 
He was in the oh, bar. Oh, shit. He was there, too? I didn't see him. Good luck finding him. I've seen a, like a still <laughs> shot of everybody in the bar, and you, yeah. you can't pick him out. It's just so uh, hard. But he was there. He was yeah. in the bar. Okay. Okay. Uh, not the last cameo we're going to have in this movie. Yep. True. Another very exciting one coming down the line. But Seagal does what Seagal does, and he just starts busting heads until they give up the information that this girl is upstairs. Uh, she's up there doing drugs with some dude. So Seagal busts in. The The dude is very afraid of Seagal, as you would be. And uh, he gives up that a big drug shipment is coming next week. Right. So, Dean, what are your thoughts so far uh, with uh, Above the Law? Um, okay, so far. Um, I, 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 I'm not, like I said not really a fan of what he's putting out and it kind of starts right at right off the bat for me so the first stuff I'm not too into uh you know I like when he's ragdolling everyone in in the dojo because that's uh <laughs> that was just insane that he was hitting them like that but when we get into sort of the story I am okay that the story is like pretty simple so far I like I can follow it I know what's going on I know he went into this bar to like to help the help out this girl he was like showing pictures around and being like have you seen this girl have you seen this girl so i like i was okay i was okay up to this point but i definitely just felt this i don't know this the, yeah something off of him some sort of vibe off him that i wasn't digging um but i was uh i was still pretty hopeful because i liked so far uh kind of the direction the story was going to go I, I was into it okay it sounds like you're jealous of his hair that's all well, obviously, I'm jealous of his hair, obviously. Yeah, me too. So Seagal sets up a bust for this big drug deal. And my goodness, him and his team couldn't look more obvious. Like, yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> I know. In, an, in a, like, um, I don't know, some sort of manufacturing building where everybody looks normal, yeah. him and his team are wearing white lab coats with yellow hard hats, and they have big white earpieces in. You know, with the wires running down into the jacket. How yep. how do you stand out any more than that? Yeah. I was I was actually thinking that exact thing when I was watching it. I was like, I guess that's blending in. I guess that's camouflage, except for I would definitely know it was you. I definitely know you were cops immediately. It was ridiculous. Like it was ridiculous. I don't know what they're manufacturing there, but what they need eight scientists. Such a to weird choice. It with yellow hard hats. <laughs> Such a weird choice. Lucky for them, the bad guys weren't paying attention and didn't notice. Mm -hmm. But before the bus can happen, the feds show up because they want to take credit for this bust. And if you know anything about the feds, Dean, they always rush in too fast. You know? You you assholes. <laughs> you sons of bitches. I told you to wait. They can't wait. They're, they can't they wait. Gotta the get feds in there. can't wait. The feds got to be the first ones in there. So they just come peeling in in their car. They scare off yeah. the bad guys. So Seagal has to give chase. He ends up getting hit really hard by the car and then rolls on top of the hood. And I thought this was good. He's doing some like really nice stunt work. Like He's actually doing his own stunt yeah. work on top of this car, you know, driving around. I, I thought that was a nice touch that he was doing that. Yeah, for sure. He's able to pull the car over and uh, the dudes get arrested that are inside. Uh, now they nice. don't find any drugs. What they find is C4 explosive. Now we learn here that bad guy Zagon is a very powerful man. Okay. Not only does he have the look of a powerful villain, he is a powerful villain. Because right. he gets these guys out of custody basically instantly. Oh, yeah. And he's like leaning on the feds to tell Seagal to stand down. But that is not Seagal's style. So he trails them to a church. Yeah. And this was weird because the bad guys, I was expecting something to happen, but they just kind of like walk in and then leave. And that was it. And I, I don't know. I did. It almost felt like it was only a way to get Seagal to the church. Yeah. What, what are your... This part is so weird. This part's so weird to me, Tim. I think this is where, for me, the plot starts to fall off the rails because now I'm like... Because I'm really paying attention. I am trying to get into it that him getting on that car was actually great. Him him going around, getting the bad guys. Okay, this is cool. I'm following. Tailing these guys into the church. And then the 
the the priest just like has to show him something. He has to. And and Seagal's Seagal's just like, nah, we got we're we're on to we gotta do something right now. Like they still want to follow those guys that went into the church, and the priest is just like, nah, I gotta show you something. It has to be now. It has to be right now. And I'm just like, what? What could you possibly have to show him that has to be right now when he clearly is a police officer that says he's busy? And what he shows him is just like I'm just sitting there being like, I, I think they just needed him in this building. Like you said, I think they just needed him. This like, There's no way this was like urgent thing that they had to show him. He definitely should have been following those criminals. And then we never catch back up with those criminals. He never, he just kind of drops it. They don't care anymore that they should have been following them. Yeah. So this part was so strange for me. Yeah. The priest has to take them down to the basement to show him that there's another priest down there in hiding from another country yeah. and some, some immigrants and it, it took them a long time to tell us why. And I, I, as I was watching, I was questioning if it would even come up again. If, if this, right. if yeah, everybody in sure. this room would yeah. even come up again. And it yeah. turns out they do because the priest down there, um, he's actually hiding from Zagon. Yeah. So that's, that's what's going on. I guess those bad guys were there maybe looking or snooping or something, but. Anyways, I don't know. It could have been tightened up a bit, but before it's just so yeah, it's it's just so weird that he had to show him it right there. You know, like there's so many ways around that where he could. No, I get tell you. him. I get you. And there's yeah, no there's way. So there's no way that Seagal or like a cop in real life would have been like, okay, let's go down to the basement. Show me what you have to show. Yeah, me. they would have followed the criminals. They would have come back later and seen what the priest exactly. had to show. So it was yeah, uh, weird. But before Seagal leaves. Um, the priest invites him to church on Sunday, invites him to come. Right. Yeah. So then we cut to him and his wife at the church on Sunday and a bomb goes off, killing a bunch of people, including the priest. True. Yeah. But it was the other priest in the basement that the bomb was meant for because that priest was supposed to be doing mass that day, but couldn't. Yeah. So they had to switch it back to the other priest. So... um. Yeah, th this scene was definitely like one of the scenes I remembered um, about about this movie from seeing it as a kid. Because, man, who blows up a church? Yeah, and they're pulling like they're pulling burnt bodies out, and wow, this is very memorable for its kind of like graphic nature. Yeah, what I've learned from things I've watched on on television and things I've watched in movies is that. Sundays are off the table for killing. Yeah, and so exactly. is church. Church is off the table for killing. Church is safe. You're allowed to go to church. That's off the table to kill people in. So yeah, bomb going off. Um, and and yeah, it it, it like it, it blew up right when the priest was passing it. So like you knew it was well, at least I thought right away watching it that was for the priest, and I don't know why. You know, so yeah. they do end up telling us that it was for the other priest, but. That's it's just this. Yeah, it's this it's a scene that sticks with you because of that, because you're it's the confusion and also like, wow, wasn't really expecting that. Yep. Now, Seagal knows the smell of C4 from his time in Vietnam. And he puts two and two together that he found C4 on these bad guys. And now C4 has been used in a bomb here to blow up the church. So he hits the street looking for the guys that he's already busted. He's going to go back and pay them another visit. Yeah, makes sense. Now he's looking through all the bad neighborhoods, and four guys pull up in a car with guns and weapons, and they get out, and Seagal smashes them. And this was a pretty good fight scene. I like that Seagal, he kind of just starts with his hands. He, you know, beats a guy and takes his weapon then uses the guy's weapon for a little bit, like only as long as he needed to. Then yeah. when it's sort of back in his favor, he drops the weapon and just beats the other one or two guys up with his hands again. Uh, right. I liked it. I like watching this guy yeah. fight. These are, these are good uh, fight sequences for me. Like they're, they're so graphic and like rough uh, and short that it is almost uh, more believable than, you know, some other action movies that you see. Yeah, for sure. I agree. The fights are good. It's an interesting style for the fights because it's yeah, it's very um brief, very powerful like I've said already. Like it's just 
if you get that shot in, that is going to be the shot that does it. You know, that's going to be the shot that ends the fight because there's rarely are that you getting, you know, multiple hits in on one guy because it'll be like punch, punch, and that guy's just out. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I am enjoying the style of fighting in this movie for sure. So there's one guy left. He runs away. Seagal gives chase. And, Dean, I have to ask you to break down Seagal's running scene for us. Thank you, Tim, for throwing it to me for this. Uh, I will. Okay. This is why um, you hate the movie, right? <laughs> this is. This might be. Actually, this might be it. This might be why I hate the movie because Seagal is an awful runner. And, like, I didn't know that this was a thing before I watched the movie. So I watched the movie. And I was explaining after my wife did not watch it with me. I was explaining after to her how he was running. And so she she went and searched it. And apparently it's a thing. Apparently everybody knows that he runs like a goofball. But he is his arms are the problem. His arms just flail. They almost kind of scoop like he needs to like pull some air behind him and, and 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 get through that air by scooping. So his arms are just all over the place. He looks like a dork. Like he doesn't look like a cool ass police officer chasing down a criminal. He looks like a like dorky person who doesn't know how to run, who is trying to chase down a criminal. Um, yeah, I would give the running scene like a one out of ten. Like <laughs> oh, it was not yeah. good. There's there's <laughs> one there's one frame that they have or like one sort of shot that they have where he looks good. There's one side profile. He's got his fists clenched. He's pumping the arms. I think he's at okay. max speed at that point, and it's good. He's got four or five strides in there that are solid, but everything else is just so goofy. I mean, not a great runner is Seagal. I was going to ask where the one came from, but you explained it, so I'm good. I'm yeah. good with that score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks like a grown man who's running for the first time. Like first he time. Just, just figuring it out. just realized that you can run. It's something yeah. that your body will allow you to do, and he tries it, and he doesn't know yeah. how to do it. No, he doesn't know. His arms don't know what to do. He doesn't know how to do it. His body's just flailing, basically. It's like his jacket pockets are full of ping pong balls, and every stride, he has to like take one out of his jacket and throw it behind him. Yeah, yeah. Until he gets rid of all the ping pong balls. Yeah, yeah, that's it the, right there. Um, I knew this was a thing, but I forgot about it. So when this okay. when this kicked in, I was like, oh my goodness, Dean's gonna love yeah. this. I was I was like losing my mind talking about it to my wife that she had to look it up. She was like, I don't understand what you could possibly be saying. How could it be that bad? Um, it is just that bad. You have to go out there. If you haven't seen this movie, go to YouTube and just type in Steven Seagal running. You'll know. Yeah, it's not very long, but it's no. definitely memorable. It's very memorable. Yes, this is, I guess, yeah, this is when the movie lost like a full star for me. <laughs> see, <laughs> yeah, okay, see running that. scenes can be, they can I bump get... a movie up a star, but it this one takes the star away. It's so bad. I get that. That's very fair. <laughs> so the police come to Seagal's house because he scared several people on, on the street with his running. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's not true. The police do go to his house, but they take him downtown because the feds want to talk because Seagal's just going around beating the shit out of people and he's yeah. doing illegal wiretaps and he's doing illegal surveillance and he can't just go around doing that stuff, even if you're a cop. Tim, he's above the law. Well, interestingly enough, Dean, he's not. Oh, weird. That's one of my favorite parts of this movie. We'll get there. Right. <laughs> uh, Seagal gets suspended and now he thinks the feds are working for the bad guys and he's right yeah now this was a funny scene i was um i was into this one five guys jump out of a van they're trying to shoot seagal trying to kill him uh, seagal hides behind a car for you know a couple seconds then when they're reloading he jumps out he grabs one of the guys and holds that guy at gunpoint and the other four guys, they all drop their guns. Yep. So I'm just going to be honest here for a second, but I feel like if those four guys have their guns, they should just shoot their own guy and Seagal. Yeah. Like, this is what Zagon would have wanted. Yep. And I feel like this is where you take your opportunity to lose one guy instead of Seagal continuing to smash his way through your crew. 
How many? Definitely. How many of you? How many of you has he destroyed already? How many has he killed? Just give up one more, and take Seagal out here. This is a big miss Definitely for the bad do. guys. Yeah, maybe it, maybe they're a tight group of five. You know, maybe they've been on a lot of missions together as the five, and they just they really bonded. You know, maybe they had some some weekends where they had to do a mission and they stayed in all the stayed in the same hotel. Doesn't they're all matter. Best buds. Doesn't matter. Okay, this okay. is your shot. It's your shot to take this him is your out. Shot. Take yeah. the shot. You got to take the shot. At least what if they all- at least try to shoot past your own guy and hit Seagal. At least yes, try that. Sure. If you get your own yeah. guy, whatever. Yeah. What if they all started a podcast together, though, Tim? What if they're podcast buds by now? Then you have a guest every week. <laughs> True. There's outs. You got so to take outs. that guy out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he owned the equipment. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or they had a band and he was the drummer. <laughs> and they're like, shit, he's got the drum set. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. I got you. I liked the movie for its grit. It did have you know, quite a bit of grit, but this would have made it better if they, even if they just shot their guy to get to him and, and Seagal had to like jump away or something to continue yeah. fighting. I think, I think this was a miss. This is a miss. Yeah. I think this sort of leans into a bit of what I was saying earlier, where everybody in the movie's stupid. Like nobody can make a good decision in this movie except for Seagal. And I think this is like one of the things where, where like there's a good decision to be made here by these criminals that is a bonus for them and they just can't make it. They can't make good decisions. Yeah, so they uh, decided to put their weapons down. So Seagal leads them into a store and just beats the shit out of them. That's yeah. just what he's doing in this movie. He hit one yeah, guy yeah, yeah. so hard here, Dean. So hard. I so actually hard. felt bad. I was like, yeah. oh, no, that was too much. That was yeah. too much. It's exactly what I felt because we've already seen that opening scene where I'm like, oh, he's actually destroying. Like, he's actually hitting guys hard. And then... We're now 40 minutes or more into the movie, and I was like, whoa, that probably hurt. It reminded me that, like, oh, he's actually hitting these guys. That probably hurt too much. Yeah, it's always, like, his clothesline that he gets them with. It's the clothesline. They're always smaller than him. He hits them so hard, and then they have to take that. He hits them so hard, they actually leave their feet. They're in the air, and then they smash to the ground, so they get hit twice. Ooh, okay. Would not want to be a stunt guy in this movie. No, yes, no, definitely not. Apparently, I'm too tall to be a stunt guy in this movie, though. All the stunt guys were you like are. five feet tall. Yeah, you are too tall. They need to be half his yeah. half his height, so he doesn't have to lift that arm up too high. Yeah, <laughs> you can just swing it across and knock him over. The stunt people were mostly like 15 year olds. Yeah, just people that he just could drilling them into the ground. Yeah, people he could absolutely physically dominate. Yeah, that's what he. Ragdoll, that's what he needed. Like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, crushing! I was. I did think multiple times. Pick on someone your own size in this movie. Yeah. Now Seagal, he goes to his house um, because people are after him with guns. So he's like, "Well, yeah. I, I I got guns." So he pulls a hockey bag. Uh, out at his house, he's it's full of guns, and he suits up. Yep, yep. And uh, this is the other great cameo in the movie, Dean. Holy shit, gangster Johnny from the movie <laughs> Angels with Filthy Souls <laughs> from Home Alone makes an Wild. appearance in the movie. Ralph Foodie is his name. Wild. You will never, if you see Home Alone, you will never forget this guy's voice. It is just no, burnt into not. my memory forever. Yes. <laughs> I, I think you hear his voice before you see his face, and I'm like, angels with filthy souls. Here he is. <laughs> right on. Awesome. Uh, you know, you know, Tim, that uh, I love Home Alone. You love Home Alone. Uh, loved, yes, you hear that voice, and you're just like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. That can't, it can't be. It can't be. It's, it him. it's him. He's there. It's him. Love it. So Zagon's men capture the basement priest. And we learn that he found out about Zagon's big plan. And the way he found out about it <laughs> was so stupid. I guess one of Zagon's men was in confession with the priest and let out the plan. Forgive yeah. me, Father, for I have sinned. I'm an opium dealer. <laughs> and we torture people? Uh, okay. 
I just the I feel like, like the no. I feel like the criminal. I won't tell do anyone. That. Yeah, <laughs> no, I won't tell anyone. It was confessional. I can't tell anybody yeah. that it's it's a confession. I, what what I don't I don't know I don't I do not get this. Um, what? That, that doesn't make don't any get sense. It. Come on, no. Come on now. It doesn't make sense. No criminal is going to confession and telling this. No. Okay. And if they are, yeah, get them off. Get them off the crew. You Father, don't need them on the crew. Me and my friends are plotting to kill the senator. Yeah. And we sell opium and cocaine. We smuggle it. In this fact, is... from Vietnam to. Uh, USA. Uh, you're not going to tell anybody, right? <laughs> right. This is this is, safe, this is exactly safe where the plot. This is exactly where the drops taking place. This is exactly when we're going to kill him. Um, this is a safe place, right? It's fine, right? Yeah. It's fine. I just have to do ten hail hail Marys, right. and I'm good. Right. I'm 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 forgiven. You're not going to tell Zagon about this, right? <laughs> I get in a lot of trouble for sharing this information. Yeah, please don't. I just want to clear my conscience. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. That feels like a load off my back. Thanks. Thanks, feels Father. Great. I feel great now. <laughs> I feel great. Then how does Zagon find out? What does this guy go back and he's like, is Zagon, does Zagon have a round table? And like, has anybody said anything about our plan to anybody? And then this guy just like raises his hand. He's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I took confession. Does confession count? Yeah, I told him everything about our plan <laughs> during confession, but I didn't tell anybody else. Does that does that count? Yeah, was I not supposed to do that? <laughs> yeah, that counts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was part of the movie. Ridiculous. <laughs> that was like their their big like hidden story that they were keeping I was a so secret. Confused. That was like weaving its way through the movie that I wasn't understanding what was going on and then it was that. No. Was like, I was so confused. Uh, you could probably leave that out. Yeah, that's why they wanted to bomb the priest because yeah, that's right. He knew stuff. It's just, it's so strange. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I guess. Yeah, I guess it's fine. I've I've seen worse. Oh, I've definitely seen worse. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really following the movie too closely, um, anyways. So it it wasn't. I mean, it was the big shocker of the movie, but. Uh, I wasn't really waiting for the movie to really win me over with a twist at the end. So, no, yeah, I wasn't looking for a twist. I was like, yeah, I was yeah. just, in, I was enjoying the the story unfolding, and I yeah. wasn't trying to figure anything out. This isn't a movie where you're going to figure something out or you're going to get a big twist or anything like that. But yeah, this was definitely a bit of a weird one. That's okay. So though. weird. Pam Greer, she's been doing absolutely great in this movie. She hasn't done much other than like just you know hanging out with Seagal, delivering some lines. That was great. But they do give her a chance here now as her and Seagal track Zagon down to a hotel and they go after him. And they break into the hotel. Pam's doing really well. Uh, She's holding her own, but she ends up getting blasted by a shotgun. And Seagal thinks she's dead. We think she's dead. But luckily she had her vest on. Uh, Seagal doesn't find that out until later. So for a while, he thinks yeah. she's dead. I liked yeah. that. That was a nice touch. Like, let him think yeah. his partner has been killed so he can rage even harder. Yeah, I was... Uh, this bulletproof vest that she's wearing um, is definitely also acts as a bulletproof vest for me because I was really mad when she got shot because I'm like, Pam Greer's in here killing it. You give her her one chance to be a cop right. and you just blow her away. I'm like, this is so dumb. I was so mad that she died here. Me too. And then hearing that she had the bulletproof vest and she, you know, she was prepared. She was ahead of it all. Then I was like, okay, cool. I'm actually fine with that then. It's okay. Yeah, it was a gritty call to shoot her. In the movie. And yeah. I, I, I'm going to give the movie props for that. Uh, yeah. Wasn't expecting her to get shot. Uh, definitely like that she had the vest on. I don't want to see her die in this movie. That doesn't do anything no. for me. But we no. kind of get the best of both worlds because we get yeah. the upset Seagal before he finds out that she's okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's good. It works. Now, Seagal is also forced to retreat out of the hotel. And is now in a very tough spot where his family is in extreme danger if he keeps on this path that he's on. But he's Seagal, Dean. He knows no other way. He has to stop the bad guys. It's got him. I did think it was an interesting call, though, to continue to put his family in danger. Like, you'd think he'd at least 
send them somewhere else, like send them out of town. Hey, get his best friend. Like you got to take my wife and baby out of town because shit's going down. But he doesn't do anything like that. He's just like goes home and like kisses them. And he's like, I got to go back out on the street and clothesline people, you know, watch out, watch out. If anybody yeah. comes, don't answer the door. Okay. <laughs> could be, could be a problem here. Here's a handgun. And here's one, here's a grenade for the baby. I'll, Again, I'll, I'll be home. The baby can pull the pin, right? I'll be home tomorrow morning. He can pull morning. the pin and throw. <laughs> yeah. I am not a fan, Tim, of this at all because I just hate it when, like, I hate it when, like, the hero guy is just like lying to their family because that's just gonna put them in danger even more. Like, he's getting calls in the middle of the night and he's just like, "Oh yeah, that's just my drunk buddy." Right. Tell just tell your family's actually legitimately in danger. Tell them what's going on and get them the fuck out of there. You know, like, stop lying to your wife when she thinks everything's okay. She could be shot. She's actually in danger. Yeah, didn't didn't like this. I don't like this kind of trope in a movie where the, the hero just lies to their family about whatever's going down. Yeah, I'm starting to understand why you didn't like this movie so much. It's all starting to <laughs> make sense to me. There's a lot of things. Me. There's a lot of things that's, like, tipping me off. You know, a lot of things pushing my buttons where I just am getting mad. I'm getting mad at it more than I'm liking it. Yeah, I think I had violent Aikido goggle, goggles on. It's like I was just, <laughs> yeah, I was just I mean, watching the good. movie through that that lens. Yeah, so yeah, everything makes sense, everything yeah. else was kind of like foggy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I like I appreciated <laughs> it for that. And I liked his yeah. hair. Um, his hair is great. His voice is great. is great. He's a handsome sure. man. Yeah, he he kicks the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, half his size. He'll just clothesline you just down to the ground. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, there you're right. There is a lot of this movie that's actually terrible. It just makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I for one can't wait for more. Yeah, I mean I me too, even though I didn't like it. I could not I can't wait for more. I think they get better. Yeah. I don't know. I just remember bits and pieces. Yeah, I hear he like rips out a throat in one of the movies, and I'm looking forward to that. That sounds like fun. It sounds good. Um, I'm remembering a pool hall scene where he puts a pool ball in a sock and gets very violent with people with it. Hey, now. That sounds good. I think it's marked for death, I think. Yeah, that sounds good. It's memorable. Yeah. Yeah. So Seagal has had enough time, and he's figured everything out. He's a pretty good detective, Dean. You got to give him that. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he did some sure. work. He figured it out. He figured out the CIA are letting Zagon sell opium and cocaine, and they're getting a cut. Those sons of bitches. Right. The current senator can't be bought, so they want to kill him. Those sons of bitches. That priest found out, as we mentioned, he fled to Chicago. Zagon followed him there, and then Seagal found himself wrapped up in the mess. Right. Now, a scene I really liked. Seagal's buddy, Nelson, who was with him in Vietnam and who actually warned him earlier in the movie that his family was in danger and Seagal didn't do anything about. Uh, yeah. That's where he lied on the phone call. He's like, oh, this is my pal. Oh, don't worry about anything. He definitely he wasn't calling drunk. to warn me that you guys are in danger. <laughs> <laughs> no. Definitely wasn't doing that. Don't answer the door, though. Don't answer the door. Here's a gun. Here's the, the gun. The baby can pull a pin on a grenade, yeah. right? The baby knows how to do that. Yeah. Can you put the baby in the closet for a couple days just to be safe? <laughs> yeah, just lock that thing up. Well, Nelson catches Seagal doing some recon on Zagon. And Nelson outs himself as part of the bad guy crew. Now, Nelson still has like a really soft spot for Seagal. And doesn't want to kill him. He just wants to convince him, like, hey, man, you got to leave Zagon alone. Like, this is going to right. end badly for you. I care about you. I want you to get out of here. Get your family and get the fuck out of here. But yeah. Seagal tells Nelson, it's a good quote. He says, there are people on death row for killing one or two people, but that they know people in the CIA who are personally responsible for the deaths of over 50,000 non-military personnel including librarians, teachers, doctors, women, children, and not one CIA agent has been tried, let alone accused. He says, you guys think you're above the law, 
but you're not above mine. So this is a great moment for me because, Dean, I, like you, thought this movie was about Steven Seagal being above the law, but that's not the case. He's saying right here, it's about the CIA thinking that they're above the law. So that like shifted everything for me because it's not about Seagal. It's about like the the bad guys. I liked it. I thought it was really great. Totally. I'm a huge fan of thinking the title of a movie is one thing and then learning later that it's something else. Like I'm actually a huge fan of that. I love it. Um, So yeah, this is also a big moment for me. I really liked this part. Um, Oh shit. It's not him. That's above the law. It's the CIA. Love it. It, It's great. Great stuff. Yep. Now Zagon shows up uh, right there with Nelson and, and Seagal and tells Nelson that they've been looking for him. Ooh, I guess Nelson's been, you know, shouldn't be helping Seagal out here. Yeah, he's been doing something. Been doing some sketchy stuff himself. And uh, they get into a big shootout here. Seagal gets in a car and tries to escape. He has a great kill on one of the <laughs> the main bad guys as he backs into him with a car and then smashes through the parkade on like the ninth floor. And the guy just goes flying out. I liked it. Yeah. Might be my favorite part of the movie. I mean, there's something coming up that's also great, but that might have been my favorite part of the movie when that guy gets launched <laughs> out of that good. building because, like, the body falls. The body yeah. falls off the car, and we watch it fall down, and it's just, like, it's a great stunt. I I, I loved it. It was fun because when they back out of the building, you can tell it's a dummy because it yeah, kind of, yeah. like, doesn't really fall off when it should. It's sort of, like, when it should. it's stuck on a little bit, and then it kind of yeah. just slides off. But then they cut to the guy, you know, the classic guy falling, yes. waving his yes. arms and legs frantically. Worked for me. Zagon is able to catch up to Seagal, though. Shit. Shit, man. Shit. That guy's face is so tight. He can catch anybody. His face is so tight. I don't think you can clothesline a face like that. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, no. Clothesline doesn't work on that, on that face. It doesn't. It's too tight. It's too tight. It hits back. Seagal is tied up. Zagon washes his hands, which he likes to do before torturing people. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not looking good for Seagal. Zagon punches Seagal a couple times. And I don't know if they kept this shot in the movie, but um, the guy actually broke Seagal's nose for real in this scene. Okay. Which is, you know, the universe correcting itself for how yeah, exactly. Seagal has yeah. treated the people... <laughs> throughout this movie yeah i mean i i like it because and i like hearing that because um he punched him like twice and they didn't even seem like that hard of punches like compared to what we've been seeing seagal doing it didn't seem like that hard of punches and then we cut to seagal and there's just blood everywhere like all over his face all over his neck so i it makes sense if he broke his nose and it would just be flowing out so i I do like that i mean that's what i liked about the violence in the movie it was very realistic like Exactly. It's not realistic in a movie to kick somebody five times in the face and there's no marks on them. It's very realistic that you punch someone one time in the nose and there's blood all over their face. So that's what this movie was all about. Uh, Short fight sequences. They weren't long. They weren't drawn out. It was just, you know, Seagal destroying people. Busting noses. So Zagon comes over to Seagal and injects him with a drug. And I'm going to assume it's opium because that's what he's into. Uh, I guess they're trying to sedate Seagal here. Yeah. Seagal pretends like it's working, so they'll untie him. But it turns out he actually loves that shit. And he turns the (laughs) tables. He just gets up out of the chair and starts doing what he's doing. He takes everyone out until it's down to him and Zagon. And then Seagal breaks Zagon's nose, then breaks his arm, then breaks his neck, all in the span of about 10 seconds. Yeah. I can't say for sure if this was real or not. It might have been. <laughs> he might have killed this guy. I don't know. It's the, the verdict. Look you know, pretty it's real, a, Tim. It, the verdict hasn't come in yet on whether or not he actually destroyed this guy for real. It looked real. Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. This is this is like my other favorite part. It's just uh, you, you could tell the arm was coming. I could just tell, you know, I could tell that they're going to break that yeah. thing on screen. Yeah. And uh, so when they do it, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> good <laughs> job. You got. And then he goes for the neck and he cracks that thing. So it was good. It was good stuff. Great. Zagon got what he deserved. Yeah. yeah. Zagon was very surprised at every at every step along the way there because he's just yeah, like he was like, he looked yeah. like, wow, 
my nose just got busted. And then, wow, my arm just my got arm. busted. And then, wow, <laughs> I'm dead now. I'm so dead. That all happened so fast. I thought he was on opium. Yeah, what happens at the opium? The <laughs> vial of opium, opium I just pumped into him. Where did that go? They don't explain that. <laughs> no, I thought for sure he was going to be like, I've built up a tolerance to opium well, over the last months. <laughs> clearly, he's clearly an opium user. Like, What yeah, other clearly, explanation yeah. is there? It didn't affect him at all. He got dosed so much, and it didn't affect him at all. It made him better, actually. It made him a little bit stronger. Doesn't care about his family. Doesn't care about his job. <laughs> all he cares about is get, drug user. getting to Zagon to get a free shot of opium. That's his whole plan yes. here. Yes. Needed the fix. Very elaborate plot by Seagal to f- <laughs> get yes. himself in this position to yes, get shot up to get with opium, opium for free. Yeah. Wow. And then, I mean, he killed everybody. So basically the, you know, the criminal organization is his for the taking. The, yeah, the stash is his. Just steal some of that That would have been a shit, nice man. twist. He just yeah. takes everything over. He's actually a bad guy. He doesn't care about his family because he doesn't care about his family. Yeah, that actually would make a little bit more sense. Yeah, I'd like that. I would like that twist. I would like it. So we see Seagal at his home. The senator is there thanking him in person, which is so fucking stupid. I didn't need that. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The senator introduces a lawyer who wants to hear Seagal's story so they can put the appropriate people behind bars. Seagal starts telling his story of Vietnam. We hear him say, whenever you have a group of individuals who are beyond any investigation, who can manipulate the press, judges, members of our Congress, you're always going to have within our own government those who are above the law and the end there you go love it that they threw it in a second time i'm a big fan of uh you know the above the law not being about him he's yep. he's just trying to make a statement and he's not yep. he's not all that wrong about it yep good stuff and that's the movie dean yeah one out of 5 you say hey one out of 5 did i say that out loud uh, you gave it one star. I don't know what your star meter was. Okay, Maybe it was yeah. one out of ten. I don't know. No, it's one out of five. Yeah. It's right. I, I I gave it one out of five, but oh, did I you? didn't know I said that out loud. You gave it one star for the for the one frame where he runs decently in the running sequence when he closed. Yeah, yeah. He decided that's... to close his fists and run normally yeah. for two seconds. You gave one star. You gave the movie a star for that. So one star. He closed his fist for ten seconds. One star. Nice, nice. That's yeah. That's good. No. No, one star for the good action. I like the good action. I do like the above the law twist there. Um, the the po- I'm not as into the plot when it comes to that point where like it really, really matters to me. It's just one of those cool things that's like, oh yeah, like that's I thought the title was about him being above the law and it's not. Um, so that's that's fun stuff. But yeah, no, it's a good time. It's a good movie. Um, if you if you just want like a, a fun action, fun action romp. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna recommend this movie. Uh, if we're doing stars no. on it, I'll give it a I mean, I did have fun with it, so I'll give it a two. I feel like that's being generous, uh, yeah. but I'm going to give it a two. I could watch it again, though. Like, nothing really offended yeah. me with the movie. It was like a good, it was a fun ride just to throw on. I'm not as offended by Seagal's performance as you were, so he, yeah. he doesn't upset me all that much, but the movie right, just wasn't right. all that good. But I, I yeah. am, you know, curious and excited to see more of him. So yeah. we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I'm excited for more because, like like I said, my opinion's quite low at this point. So I would like it to rise. You know, if it actually takes a turn into maybe him being a bit more goofy, I might like it even more. So we'll see. I don't think it does that. Okay, maybe then, not Maybe uh, not know. for a while, at least. Yeah. Uh, also, there's more running, for sure, coming up for you. Great. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, we did it. We're done. We did it. So, hey, everybody listening, if you'd like to support Talking Back, we would we would love that. You could um, share one of your favorite episodes with your friends. Let them know. Uh, let them know about us. Let them know you like to listen to us. You could leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app. There's a site called Buy Me a Coffee where you could uh, leave a one-time donation of any amount if you like. Uh, it doesn't go to coffee. It'd probably go to beer and whiskey, but 
that's also good. It's also great, yeah. <laughs> We'd also appreciate that. And our most recommended way to support is by heading over to patreon.com, searching for Talking Back, and sign up to be a patron where you're going to get bonus episodes every month from us. That's that's the best. That's the best way. Right, Dean? Shaking his head. This guy's shaking his head yes. Yeah, I'm shaking my head on a uh, on an audio source. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Guess I could say the words yes. Dean's very behind. Yes. Very behind the Patreon as I am. As are the patrons, I think. I think they like it. I think they like it out there. I think the patrons like it. So you should check that out. You can... Um, Sign up at any time. You can quit at any time. It's all good. Check it out. Hey, once you sign up, everything gets unlocked for you. Everything. It's just all there. So that's one reason to sign up. For sure. Lots of apps. Lots of great apps. Definitely. And now that this episode's done, don't worry. Head on over to bfopnetwork.com. Check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something that you like. Or Dean will run like Steven Seagal. I will. I will do that. If you go to bfopnetwork.com and you don't find one podcast you like, I'll send you a video of running like Steven Seagal. All right, Dean. Thank you for joining. Yep. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.